Hey there, it's me, Malika. Today on The Take, we're bringing you something new, and we're calling it a quick take. Stories that are trending around the world, stories that you, our listeners, are talking about, and stories you might not hear anywhere else. This week, like so many other people during this pandemic, I've found myself ordering dinner by delivery a bit more often. There are at least a dozen popular apps to choose from in the U.S. and many, many more around the world. Uber Eats, for example, is available in more than 6,000 cities across 45 countries. But what I've been noticing across them all are the fees. They aren't new, but they hurt a little more now that there are few other options. So I turned to Al Jazeera's resident food expert, my colleague Yara Almjoui from AJ+, who's been covering this very issue. Here's this week's Quick Take. My name is Yara Elmjui. I am a producer and host at AJ+, and uh, I host a show called Eat This with Yara, which looks at the intersection of food and social justice. I have to put it on the record here that you have the best job in journalism. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Yeah, it is cool. I'm very blessed and fortunate <laughs> to be able to work on this sort of intersection of two of my passion points. So today we are talking about delivery apps This is going to sound very bougie, but I actually have a membership to one of these delivery services. It came with my credit card, so it's not something I did myself out of the blue. But I have to say it's made my life so much easier. In the past, I used delivery services, but it was rare because I balked at the fees. So what about you? So in terms of my use of delivery apps, I kind of like other folks. I did use them as well. And this is the constant sort of binary that we have in our lives today, right? It's convenience. It's, you know, Amazon can bring you something within just a few minutes sometimes or a couple hours, right? You'll have something at your door. But what is the sort of implication of you using that service? What does it do to other people? What does it do to the economy? With regards to delivery apps, right? So when we started doing research into this, I really started to see that this is kind of an industry with these apps that's that's tremendously hurting restaurants. When you speak to restaurateurs, when you speak to folks working in that industry, they will tell you, a lot of them, that the fees they are being charged by these apps are cutting so tremendously into their bottom lines that in some cases, restaurants are finding it difficult to survive. So Yara, let's dish. We both have our phones handy. Let's review the last order that we placed on one of these apps and see what the breakdown of that receipt looks like. So the last order I placed on Uber Eats was at a Thai restaurant. The total was $33.39, pretty sizable for just one dinner. I was <laughs> no judgment. apparently very hungry this night. So <laughs> I then totaled that all together. That comes out to $22. That's just the food, right? Then there's tax, so that's $2.53. There's a service fee, $3.30 applied to that. There's a tip, and that's kind of my tip. And then also in this situation, there was something of a promotion, I believe, where they didn't charge me the quote-unquote delivery fee. The total comes out to $33.39. So again, original cost of food, $22. The total is $33.39. So you can see the increase. And had there been that delivery fee, we would it probably would have been $37.39 or something like that. Okay, so I pulled mine up. This is DoorDash. I ordered from Busboys and Poets. On top of the subtotal, there was the tax, 
There was delivery for 99 because of my subscription. I didn't have to pay that. Service fee, $5, and then the tip. How much of that money is actually going to the restaurant? Everything, first and foremost, goes directly to the app. The app is the arbiter and the distributor of all funds. And what ends up happening, though, is, for example, Uber at this point, in addition to all these fees that it's taking from me, is now going to sweep in and take a very large amount of the total cost as part of what it calls a commission fee. So when we interviewed a restaurant owner, Christina Zhao, who owns Sichuan House, a Chinese restaurant in San Antonio, Texas, what she told us is exactly that. Uber collects, for example, Uber Eats will collect all the money and then give her a cut. They're double dipping because not only do they take 30% from the restaurant, they charge a delivery fee on their customers too. And that's re Uber reaching into the bag and taking a giant chunk. What is that giant chunk? It ranges from 15 to 35% of you know, the order, right? And in some cases we've seen 40%. So are restaurants losing money by using apps? It's not so much that they're losing money, but it's that the profit margin is already so slim in terms of how much money they can make from delivery that when these apps sweep in and charge, say, a 35% commission fee, it becomes increasingly difficult for the restaurants to survive off that tiny margin of profit. So Christina Zhao at Sichuan House in Texas, she was telling us that this is something that, that she was just quoting kind of off the top of her head. A healthy restaurant operates at a 20% profit margin. If I'm selling a $10 plate, that means I make $2 off that plate because we have labor costs. We have inventory costs. If I'm only making $2 off of that item already and you want to take 30% of that, it just doesn't make any sense. Can you imagine that you're making this $10 thing and you're, you're, you're leaving, you know, with a dollar, a little over a dollar in profit? That's, that's an impossible way to survive, especially during coronavirus when restaurants are already seeing a huge diminishment in their clientele. Sometimes I've noticed that the prices on the app are more expensive than the prices if I just went to the restaurant's website. And I know some apps are trying to make sure that that doesn't happen. Can you tell me about that? So um, this is interesting and this varies, but in the case that we looked at, you know, we just found a restaurant in Washington, D.C. where we're based. And indeed, the price listed on the restaurant's website was, in fact, I think $2 lower than the price listed on the app. So if you do go ahead and call that restaurant directly and, and maybe arrange a pickup order, you would be saving money on the actual order itself. Now, there's a lawsuit taking place right now in New York where restaurant owners are alleging that these apps are requiring them to maintain the same price in between the app and the restaurant for dine-in customers. And the reason is because they don't want customers to be like, wow, it's cheaper at the if I order directly or if I go to the restaurant and do pickup, so I won't use the app. No, the apps want people to use the app. So they're requiring, according to this lawsuit, they've required restaurants to maintain the prices. Then restaurants are like, I don't wanna to have to raise the price at my restaurant. It's lower for a reason. Are the apps actually helping businesses during this pandemic, even a little bit? There's no clear answer in terms of yes or no, because on the one hand, more and more consumers now, of course, you know, are relying on apps to have food delivered to them. They're not going in to dine in at a restaurant because simply the restaurants are closed during this pandemic. Now, these food delivery apps have been around long before the pandemic. Some restaurants didn't really mind them because they were able to make a profit from customers dining in. But now that's all changed. 
restaurants actually for a while would tolerate the apps prior to the pandemic because it was just a way for them to make an additional amount of money. Most of the income was coming from dine-in consumers. And so what's happening is basically uh, delivery is comprising a huge, huge chunk, if not the majority of restaurants, you know, earnings. And those slim profit margins are simply not enough to power a restaurant's survival. So what are restaurants doing about this? Is there anything they can do? You mentioned the lawsuit in New York, and that suit alleges that these apps have become monopolies. But what else can restaurants do? The restaurant tour that we spoke to, for example, has devised sort of a creative solution herself to use a service that is intended to return packages to the post office, right? It's a service called Returns with a big Z, and then employ that service to have her own employees deliver the food rather than routing it through DoorDash or Postmates where kind of a random person comes in and picks it up. They can order it directly from me and then I can use that 30% to pay my staff. The difference is the people who are packaging it for you, they are my staff. I'm happy to pay the 30%. I just can't pay another 30%. This way, she has total control over the commission fees. She has control over also the quality of the product that she's delivering. Did you reach out to any of these apps? What did they tell you, if so? We did reach out. I have some comments from Uber, for example. You know, we wanted to clarify some of the fees. There's something called a delivery fee on the app, which I think to the common user might be seen as, oh, this must be going to the delivery driver or the delivery person. One would think. Exactly. And but actually, you know, what we learned through articles and through Uber's response is that fee is actually not going directly to the delivery person. Uh, It's, again, going to Uber, which will then dish out the fees. Uber, for example, told us that, you know, we are you know trying to help. In some cases, we'll be canceling the delivery fee or maybe, you know, they offer incentives. I think recently they were doing something in support of black owned businesses and they were canceling delivery fees or perhaps the service fee. So what can customers do to help their favorite restaurants? So, you know, first and foremost, the thing you can do is you can call the restaurant and see what they prefer. I kind of my go to is to just place a pickup order or place a takeout order, delivery order over the phone. That's kind of the traditional way you get some human contact. Kind of the second way I kind of like to do if I can't use the phone or I can't make a call is go to the restaurant's website and see what links they direct you to themselves. If they're directing you to a service like Chow Now, then that indicates to you and to everyone that that's the service they prefer to use. And that's The Take. You've been writing to us and we've been listening. So keep your comments, your voice notes, and your feedback coming. And if you have a story you'd like to hear on the next Quick Take, get in touch. I'm at M-M-B-I-L-A-L on Twitter and Instagram, and the show is at AJ The Take. This episode was produced by Ney Alvarez with Priyanka Telve, Dina Kispe, Abigail Oniwohacha, Alexandra Locke, Amy Walters, and me, Malika Bilal. Natalia Aldana is our engagement producer. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Stacey Samuel is The Take's executive producer, and Graylin Brashear is Al Jazeera's head of audio. Special thanks to Serena Ashbani, Adrian Bland, and Tabish Talib. We'll be back 